Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. If you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, how many in here has ever been on a cruise? Fun? Good stuff? Yeah. This is just the thought. You know, it sounds a lot of fun. Um, and and, and cruises, cruises are great. Uh, I want us just to take a little bit of time this morning and 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 ask God to help uh, give us a balance as far as how He would have us go about living our life. You know, being absolutely grateful and thankful for the the grace and the forgiveness and the joy and the life and the purpose that He's given to us, uh, and and embracing all that grace brings into our life, but but having a balance to that. Uh, you know, there's a big difference between a cruise ship and a battleship. How many's been on a battleship? Yeah, you could probably you could probably give us a lot of specifics on that. Sometimes, though, I get a little bit concerned, you know, with us as Christians because God is so good, you know, and we say that, you know, God is good, you know, all the time. What? God all the time? You know, we we know, and and He is. But, but sometimes it's almost as if we have a tendency in our very blessed culture to, you know, to get up as believers and as Christians and, you know, kind of put on our spiritual flip flops and bathing suit and uh, stroll around uh, the cruise ship. But the truth of the matter is, is that we uh, are in a battle and, and, uh, and, and there is a battleship. Uh, that that we are a part of that is a war that's raging uh, against the world and everything that God wants. Now the good news is is that even though that we're in the battle, that we don't have to rely on our our techniques or our our own power to win it. Jesus has already won it, but He's called us to to come alongside Him and enjoy the relationship with Him, but also to serve with Him. Philippians chapter 3, I want us to look at this passage uh, kind of as a setup for what we're going to be looking at uh, over the next several weeks. But the Apostle Paul in Philippians has been talking about the radical, wonderful change that comes into our life whenever we encounter the living Lord, you know, through His Spirit that is present within us. And he talks about uh, how Christ uh, just did everything that was needed in order for us to experience a life and life abundantly. And, and how we're not to put any confidence in our own self, but to be confident in what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and through the uh, living, breathing Holy Spirit that is here with us even now. And so here's what Paul says. I, I want you to follow my example. Look at verse 17. So he says, "...join together in following my example, brothers and sisters." 
just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So here, hit the pause button. So here is an encouragement that Paul is saying, I want you to look at us. I want you to look at how we're living life and let that serve as an example. And so this helps us to understand that God's intention is that for the world around us to be able to look at us and see what it really means to have Christ in you, the hope of glory. So he's saying, look at us. He's being that bold to say, look at me. Not just what I say, but how I'm living my life. Verse 18, he says, For as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Hit the pause button. So, here's the reality that God wants to settle is that we can live as enemies of the cross of Christ. There are many that do that. Um, but he says, Verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Hit the pause button. Today we're going to be starting a series and uh, looking in, at the mind uh, that God has given us and the importance of our thinking. Uh, today's title of the message is Think About What You Think About. You know, and, 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 and you know, we're always thinking, but... But it's just a hit the pause button and think about what we're thinking about. We get caught in a rut and you knock the, uh, you knock the end out of both ends of a grave and, and, and that's a rut. And we get caught in a rut and yet God's saying, wait a minute, I can do something about it. Think about what you're thinking about. He said, their mind is set on earthly things. But, verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. So that's a mouthful that He's talked about. That That's what we were singing about in the second song, We Believe. You know, that here's the deal. We are here. God created us for a relationship with Himself, but we can't experience that relationship apart from the radical transformational work that Jesus Christ has done. And ultimately, we're created to be with God forever and ever. He will transform those who have placed their faith in Him to where we become like Him. Amazing stuff. Now, some of you are thinking, well, you know, I'm pretty happy with the way things are right now. You know, uh, think about what you're thinking about. Uh, some of you are going, I, you know, quite honestly, I don't get the heaven thing and, and I'm struggling a little bit with that and, and, and being like Paul and anxiously, you know, awaiting this transformation. Think about what you're thinking about. That's, that's the challenge that God has placed before us today as we live as uh, citizens of heaven. We're sojourners here once we come into that relationship with Him. So here's the deal. To live... Not as an enemy of the cross, but as one that represents as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. We must think about what we think about. Let's ask Him to help us do that today. Would you pray with me? Father God, we just come before You. We thank You uh, for Your Word. We thank You for Your wonderful work in the lives of, of those who've gone before us. Thank You for using the Apostle Paul in such a, a radical, powerful way to provide for us uh, most of the New Testament, but also to challenge us to, to really think about what we think about, to, to, to allow you to bring about 
a transformation in our lives and our hearts. And today we just ask uh, that you would help us do that. Through your presence, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to do that for which we can't do. We know that all of this is solely a work of our living God. And so we come asking that you would help us in this endeavor today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when we think about our mind, you know, uh, we've thought about that before, but our mind is the greatest asset that God has given us. You know, nothing compares to the, the power of your brain. It's an amazing thing. The most complex organ in our body. You know, our brains contain, it's research, a hundred billion neurons. A hundred billion neurons. When, you know, you think about how God has made us and, and how complex. If you stacked up a hundred billion uh, sheets of paper, that's over 5,000 miles. It's as far as from San Francisco to London. Our brains, our brains, are, you know, are just wonderfully, wonderfully made and so complex. It can record 800 memories a second. You're going, man, that's, where'd, my, where'd that brain go? I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> think about what you think about. Uh, it can do, it, it can record 800 memories a second for 75 years and not get tired. I just get tired thinking about that. Here's another thing, you know, just you know, just a fact about our brains. It's uh, composed of 75 percent water, you know, and, uh, and other aspects. But that's the reason it's important. Drink water. Drink water. You're drinking enough water every day. Uh, it's just amazing. Your brain can store a hundred trillion thoughts. And, and it's just, you, you start thinking about how God created us. He created us to be able to think. It's different than the animal world. We're the only ones that can connect with God. There's a lot of myths about the brain. You've heard, do any of you grow up and, uh, you know, hearing, you know, oh, we only use 10% of our brain or something like that. You know, that's a myth. You know, that's, that's just a myth. You know, or your left side, your left brain, your right brain, that kind of stuff. You know, all those myths have been disproven. You know, but there are just complex aspects as far as our brain goes. But the biggest deal is this. It's, it's the major thing that God has given us to be able to, to connect with Him and to communicate with Him. That's the reason it's so important that we just stop and not just hydroplane over life and think about what we think about. So for several weeks, we're going to be looking at kind of rethinking in our life. Something to think about as we look to God's Word. To think about our, our, our thought life because the truth of the matter is, is that just like the rest of us, we need to shape it up. You know, we need to check up from the neck up, you know, as far as allowing God to do that for which bring about His glory and His purpose in each of our lives. So many of the issues and things that, that, that we struggle with in life, you know, starts right there. Right there. And we need God's help. And, and make that your prayer. God, help me to really think about what it is I'm thinking about. What it is that is dictating my life. What it is that is causing the roadblock in my life. Or causing so many negative emotions. Or that's got me stuck. Help me to think about what I'm thinking about. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at some foundational principles or some pillars, if you would. And we're going to start today. Maybe we'll get through the ones that are on your outline. But there are nine that I want us to look at. 
But, the, but let's just go ahead and dive in and get started on this when it comes to thinking about what we think about. Number one is this. My thoughts control my life, but I control my thoughts. My thoughts control my life, but I control my thoughts. That first verse, Proverbs 4.23, many, uh, the uh, new, uh, NCV puts it like this. Be careful what you think about because your thoughts run your life. Your thoughts run your life. It's not saying all the stuff that's out there. What's going on here, that's what run your life, runs your life. The today's English version puts it like this. Be careful what you think about because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now that verse right there gives us two important truths. Number one is that um, it's saying right there that your life is determined by what you think. Your life is determined by what you think. And if you got, you know, bad thoughts in there or negative thoughts, you know, it's just, there's going to be just bad stuff going on. You know, if you've got uh, dumb thoughts, we got a dumb life. You know, if you've got good thoughts, we've got some good stuff. Your, your thoughts shape your life. And, that, and that's God's intention whenever He created this magnificent brain of ours. And He wants us to think about what it is that we're thinking about. So, but the second thing is, is that word be careful, those words be careful indicates that we have a choice. You know, we have a choice about what we think about. You know, we can choose. That's our choice. You know, one of the reasons that, that I want us to look at this and do this series is because we need to exercise that choice more often. We need to stop putting our brains in neutral. And it's real easy with social media now and all the stimulation that we get out there rather than to be intentional about what we're thinking about. You know, we need to think about our thoughts. So, the, you know, the question that raises here is this. I need to ask myself, do I really want to think this? Do I really want to be thinking this? You know, and, and you know, whenever you do like, hey, Mike, you know, you may be thinking something about me. Like, Mike, I, you know, I don't you know, I hope you don't run over, you know, 12 o'clock today because I got some plan. You got to ask yourself, do I really want to be thinking this? You know, you, you got to ask yourself some questions or, you know, you're sitting beside somebody. Never mind. Um, <laughs> You know, that, that's just a real practical thing that, that, that sometimes we just don't do. Do I really want to be thinking this? And you go, no, a lot of times I don't want to be thinking, but, you know, I, I, I can't help it. You know, I, I just can't help it. Oh, that's what we're going to be looking at. And God's going to be showing us some stuff here. We have uh, people and that, that suggest stuff to us, media, radio, television, books, magazines, friends, peers, enemies, Satan, all of these people that are bringing these thoughts uh, into our life. But here's the good news of what God wants us to understand, that you are the boss. You and I are the boss of our thoughts. You're the CEO of your thoughts. You get to pick what it is you ponder in life. Think about what we're thinking about. Um, look at this next verse. And, and this is uh, on, on your outline. Paul, Paul says this in the chapter 4 after what we had read chapter 3 earlier. He says, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about such things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So here's the indication. Uh, it says if God tells us in His Word to do something, then we can do it. We can do this. We can choose our thoughts. We can think about what's going on in here. And He wants us to think about what we're thinking about. So the application of that is, is this. 
as we're thinking about certain stuff, and if it's not leading to the end that, that is accomplishing God's purpose, or is not bringing about truth, or is not so good and true and honorable and all that kind of stuff, we need to ask that question. Do I really want to be thinking this right now? Just write that down. And let's, this coming week, use that. Just Do I really want to be thinking this right now? Ask that question. Think about what you think about. Number two, as we think about that, change starts in the mind. Change must start in my mind. That, that verse right there, uh, we don't start by changing our behavior. We start by changing what we think about. Uh, that's why uh, Paul puts this in Romans 12 too. He says, do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by complete change of your mind. Um, the New Living uh, Translation says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Using this thing that God has given us, it, it is absolutely critical that we experience the freedom and the truth that, that God wants to bring in our life. We're either going to be conformed or we're going to be transformed. We're going to be conformed if we're not thinking about what we're thinking about. We're going to be conformed to this world if we approach our life as followers of Christ, you know, as if we're just simply a real casual, you know, cavalier kind of a mindset. No, 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 no. It's very, it's very intentional as far as what we do and how we live our life. God was very intentional in making a way for me and you to experience His love, His grace, His forgiveness, and His hope. And He calls us to be the same. So we're either going to be conformed or we're going to be transformed. Uh, we're either going to be like everybody else by listening to everybody else or we're going to be transformed. And we need to ask that question. You know, Lord, uh, uh, am I being transformed? Are the, are the thoughts in my life, are the situations in my life, are the relationships in my life seeing that transforming work, that transforming power that you're bringing about? And it, so the reality is it doesn't matter how old you know, or young we are. You know, this is something that God wants us to do, to, to think about what we're thinking about. That next verse there, I like the way Matthew 8 puts this. He says, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you see God in the outside world. Here's the deal. What we're filling our minds with determines how we see God. And that's one of the reasons that there's so many people that are struggling is, is they're not seeing the truth about God, how He really is. You know, He's, a, he's you know like the big... CEO in the sky, you know, he's coming down, you know, the, waiting for the other shoe to fall, you know, rather than allowing the truth of God's word to reveal his magnificence in our life. It says we get blessed in life when we get this inside world, when we're thinking about what God wants us to think about. Change must start in the mind. Change must start in our minds. Number three. I change how I feel by changing how I think. I change how I feel by changing how I think. 
The way you and I think determines the way we feel. A lot of times we change, try to change our feelings. You ever done that? You know, you, you, you're sad and you say, I don't want to be sad. Or you're mad and you say, I don't want to be mad. Uh, or you're resentful and I don't want to be resentful. Or you feel hate and you, I don't want to do that. But change starts n- not in me trying to force myself. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that your feelings are sometimes resistant to your will? You know, and Will says, ah, oh, stop feeling like that. Stop doing that. And, and your feeler's going, I still feel this way. Change how I feel by changing how I think. Uh, if we don't want to feel a certain way and we try to force ourselves not to do it, uh, we find that so often we're right back in the place that we started. Our feelings are rebel so often. You know, it's like, you know, telling, you know, a child, you know, when they're crying, stop crying. And they're going, I, I, I'm trying, you know. Uh, but we change by how we think, by what God is doing in our mind. You can't force a feeling. Feelings uh, many times are uncontrollable and you can't control your feelings all the time. But we can control the thoughts that we put there that determine those feelings. Uh, feeling fearful, feeling uh, there's fearful thoughts somewhere in there. If you're feeling depressed, there's depressed thoughts somewhere in there. If you're feeling jealous, there's some jealous, there's some things that are feeding into that. If you're feeling alone, if you're feeling abandoned, if you're feeling like, I'll never get this, well, there's, there's, a, there's a thought that's feeding that. And God says, I want you to think about what you're thinking about. So for instance, you're watching TV and uh, there's something going on there. <clears throat> Maybe it's a news program or something like that and Whatever they're saying has got you all riled up. You don't agree with them or whatever. You know, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, you, you, you change the channel. I mean, it's real simple. You just change the channel. You know, now in this, in this, in, in this instance, uh, don't, in that instance, it, practically if you're doing that, you could turn it off. But we're not going to turn this off for the for sake of this analogy. But if you're watching TV and there's something going on and it's stirring you up, you're not liking it, change the channel and so that's really the same thing that we're talking about here if we don't want to be depressed and we need to change the channel if we don't want to lust change the channel if we don't want to be bitter change the channel we don't resist it uh whatever you resist persist have you ever tried to resist something you know you ever tried to do that you know it's like you some of you're going to go to lunch and there's going to be something absolutely amazing as far as a dessert you're you're on a diet you're not one and you know you just oh don't you know, and you find yourself caving in to the things that you try to resist. Whatever you resist, you, uh, whatever you resist persists so often. Here's the deal. You refocus. You simply refocus. Here's, here's some examples here. David in Scripture. He says, my heart is breaking. Wow. You, you've probably had a situation in life that has to do with a relationship or something to where your heart was breaking. This is a this is a major emotion. He says, my heart is breaking, so I turn my thoughts to God. He's refocusing. You know, he, he's turning it. Uh, the, the NIV and the King James, I remember God. I remember you. He's turning his, heart, his thoughts to God. Jonah, and you might want to circle this. He said, when I'd lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. I want you all to read that with me. Let's read it together. Here we go. When I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. Now, all of this stuff doesn't seem like it's earth shattering or anything like that, but here's the deal. You know, 
What gets your attention gets you. What gets your attention gets you. And what he is saying here in each of these situations is there's a deliberate choice to turn and refocus on what it is that God wants us to experience. To know the truth about Him. Now here's the deal. I see see this on plaques and all the time. The truth will set you free. You see that all the time. The truth will set you free. People love that. I mean, it's like a great slogan. The truth will set you free. What, what they don't like so much is verse 31 where it says, if you hold to my teachings, you are my disciple and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So you've got to back up just a little bit. The truth is found in God, in Christ, in the person of Jesus Christ and what He has done and accomplished for each of us. So here's the deal. This may be something you need to write down and you put on your uh, visor in your car or your mirror. Listen, whenever there's some stinking thinking that's going on, turn your thoughts to Him. And it's not just your, your thoughts, but it's His Word. His living Word that's living and active. Now I do, uh, my wife, many of you have had the opportunity of eating some of my wife's food. She's a great cook. You know, and, and it's through years of practice and all that kind of stuff. But and uh, so I let her, I'd let her do most of the cooking. I mean, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? So, but I'm the cleaner, and she'll she'll she readily admit that she she doesn't like to do the dish. She doesn't like to do. This. So I'm I'm going. You cook, I wash the dishes. So uh, we can have you know dirty dishes and all that kind of stuff. And and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but. You know, you can tell a dirty dish, hey, get clean. And it just don't happen. I've tried it and it just don't happen. You know, get, get clean. Sometimes that's the way we go about changing the way we think. You know, we're going, I'm not going to think that. You know, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to be mad. I don't want to feel angry. I don't want to feel resentful. I don't want to feel this way. You know, and, and we say, change it, change it, change it. It's not going to, not going to happen. You gotta, you gotta replace it. It's kind of God's replacement therapy. Uh, if you've got a, you know, you what you do is you take it, you know, a dirty dish and you get in there and you apply some stuff to it and you get it on a little elbow grease and you get it going, you know. And then there, there's some cleaning. Uh, another picture. I was going to do this as kind of an object lesson, but I've failed so often in object lessons, and this would have been messy. You know, you get a glass. Uh, that's just, just let's just say a coffee cup. You got your coffee cup and it's got coffee, and you don't you don't want coffee. Coffee represents bad stuff, bad thinking. You know what you do is, let's say over here you've got this pristine, great water, and you just you want, and that's the good stuff. That's good thoughts. That's truth that sets you free. Well, you can just start pouring that into that cup. You've probably done this before, right? I, I do it all the time just because it's fun to do. Sitting there in the sink, turn on the sink, let the water go in there. And, and eventually, that clear water replaces all that stuff that's in that dirty cup. Right? It just replaces it. It's, it's what God wants us to do when it comes to His Word. That's the reason it's so important for us. You know, it's good to listen to you know preachers and it's good to do devotions and things of this nature, but... Hey, listen, this is the living Word. And, and, and this is what we need to think. He says, this is what I made your brain, your mind to run on. This is the fuel I made your mind to run on. 
It's my living and active word. Now, a lot of people have stuff to say about that, but what I want to do is I want to come in and, and through my word, I want you to be able to experience me. Think about what you're thinking about. And what this helps us to understand is, is that you know, we, we need to allow this just to wash through. Here's the deal. You know, you can't just close your eyes and say, you know, I don't want to think about this anymore. I don't want to think about it because, you know, what, 15 seconds later, you're thinking about it again. And here's, here's the reason. Our brains are unable to replace something with nothing. And how many times have we, have we tried to do that? Our brains are incapable of replacing something with nothing. God says, this is it. This is the fuel that I want to pour into your life to be able to bring about the truth that brings freedom to me and you. We change the way we feel by changing the way we think. Think about what we're thinking about. The, the last one here, every behavior is based on a belief. We'll spend a little bit more time uh, on this next week. But every behavior, every action in our life is based on some belief that has lodged itself within each of our lives. Uh, Haggai says, be, think carefully about your behavior. He's saying we need to give attention to that. And so whenever, whenever we are uh, behaving in a certain way, you know, we're having, you know, a conversation, a, a real constructive disagreement, you know, with our spouse. And, we're, you know, we're on normal uh, volume and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, and it's going good until all of a sudden something triggers something in us. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the volume is elevated and, and we're kind of steamed about. We need, to, we need to say, what am I believing right now? What? This says we got to take it out of neutral and be very intentional in allowing the Holy Spirit to bring about freedom and truth in our life. Think about what we're thinking about. The last verse here. A foolish person will believe anything, but a wise person thinks about what he does. So we're, we're going to spend some more time on that next week. But here's what I want us to think about today. We sang about it a little bit earlier. Uh, today we have the opportunity to, to come to the Lord's table and celebrate Lord's Supper. If you're a guest of ours, uh, we want you to know that every follower of Jesus Christ uh, is welcome at this particular table because what this represents is what Christ has accomplished for us. Uh, and, and what He accomplished for us in going to the cross uh, and dying for us and then being buried and then being resurrected again and living today is, is something to think about. It's saying, you can't do it. You can't do it. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ serves notice that we can't do it. We can't change a few behaviors. We can't uh, get right with God um, by doing some, some stuff. No, 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 no. It's all about Jesus. It's all about embracing and receiving Him into our life. This is wedding season. There's a lot of folks that's getting married. Uh, I'm gonna be doing one for some folks. I've been counseling with them. Come up next week or so. Uh, but the deal is, is that what happens in a wedding ceremony is the the groom says to the bride, above and beyond every other woman in this world, I'm committed to you. And likewise, the bride says to the groom, you know, above and beyond every other man in this world, I'm committed to you. 
when we come to this particular table, we're acknowledging Jesus' commitment to you, but also our commitment to Him. Jesus Christ came that we may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus Christ uh, is alive. And through His Spirit, He is present. And through His Word, He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And I want to invite you to experience the freedom and the salvation and the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers. Perhaps you're here today and you're still, you know, investigating Jesus. Well, today I want you to know, I want you to think about this. For God so loved the world that He gave us one and only Son. He gave us one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We read earlier from Paul, he says, hey, don't just keep your mind set on the things of this earth, but on the heavenly things. We are created for eternity. Jesus Christ came to give His life for you. And today you can receive Him by acknowledging your need for Him. Maybe you've never celebrated the Lord's Supper, but today I want to give you an opportunity to think about His great love for you. Would you bow your head with me? Father God, we just thank You that today, that uh, as every day, You're extending Your love and Your grace and Your truth. Lord, that, and today, You're offering Your salvation and Your forgiveness and Your hope and Your purpose. Lord, if there's someone today um, that You are knocking on their heart's door, I just pray that they would respond to you. If you'd like to experience that, it may be just something like this. Jesus, you know, I don't fully understand everything, but I do know and I do believe your word that you came that I may have life, abundant life and eternal life. I do know that I can't accomplish it on my own. I do know that I can't be made right with you or have peace with you apart from what Jesus has done. And So I want to ask Jesus... I want to ask you to come in my life. I ask you to forgive me that I've lived a self-directed, self-absorbed life and I want to experience life eternally free. Others this morning, as we prepare to come before the Lord's table, it's an opportunity for you to, to think about what Christ has done. To allow Him to remind you of His great, great love for you. But there is a battle. We do have an adversary that's trying to, to thwart everything that God wants to do in your life and through your life. Now's an opportunity to allow Him to examine you to through His Word. And whatever He reveals to you, just bring it and lay it before Him at the cross. And then come and experience His sweet fellowship. Father, we praise You for Your great love. We praise You for Your living Word. And we ask You, Lord, to help us take that step, that action to commit to You that I will think in this coming week about what I'm thinking about all for Your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.